Hello, John. We're not doing video then. Uh, hang on, I will do video. You don't. We don't have to do. We don't have to do video for the main thing. We just, uh, you know, just. Uh, there we are. My background is a dog shitting on a beach. Nice. I think that. Yeah, I think it won't be video for the listeners. It, oh my god, what is that? I know what it. I know what it is. It's a giant vagina. That is. It is. There's something very. Um, uh, what's the word? Visceral. Who's the guy who fucked his mum and killed his dad? <laughs> we used to work with him. Who was he called? Was he called? No. We used to work <laughs> no. What's he called? The Greek guy. Worked in the camps. No, he... Um... What was he called? What, someone who we worked with? No, I'm joking. It, it was, okay. It's a Greek thing. You say you've got a, something complex. It means that you want to fuck your mum and kill your dad. Oh, I've never, never heard of <laughs> Artemis? No, he's a Greek guy. I'm going to have to Google it. Greek um, legend. <laughs> let's, see comes, let's see who gets this first. Had sex with his mum. Oedipus. Oh, yeah, there he is. Okay. He I was, ki- did it come up as your first result? <laughs> <laughs> I typed ki- in, great guy who killed his dad, sex with mum, and it's the first thing. I go yes. straight to his Wikipedia. I got. I'm, I'm really into. Sorry, we're started. By the way, we. This is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, great. <laughs> I meant to say, welcome to the early late night review show. That's the uh, podcast. Hello, how you doing? Uh, yeah, all right. Um, I watched Clash of the Titans the other day at the remake, and it was pretty good. And it's got me a little bit obsessed with uh, Greek mythology again. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I've read Herodotus. What's that then? He was. He's known as the like the grandfather of history. And it's like a basically uh, really well, like, da- really like David like, Starkey. No, not <laughs> the same. Um, really, really very old book, and it's about his travels around Greece and Persia and stuff like that. But it's like proper hardcore reading. Like you know, it's been translated from oh, Greek. dry, dry. Oh, oh yeah, play. yeah, it's fair dry. Play. But I, I read another. The reason why I read that is because I read another book by a Russian author about his travels with Herodotus and he was kind of like going, reading the book and traveling around at the same time. That was a lot more interesting because it was, you know, a lot more relevant and funny, but, um, yeah. Oh, I'm so recently he was it. doing it. Well, the, the book came out in the last like three years or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that's amazing that you've read that Herodotus. Yes. He was an ancient Greek historian who was born uh, somewhere in Persian empire. And he wrote a book about the histories. Oh, talking about the, the Persian wars. Right. Fine. Yeah. Um, mm. Clash of the Titans is about um, one of Apollo's many, many sons, because bear in mind Hercules was another one, and he basically has to save the town of Argos, which is very funny, from uh, uh, fr- from the Kraken, from the Sainsbury's, <laughs> <laughs> from the takeover of Sainsbury's, yeah, the soft takeover of Sainsbury's, and and the way he does it is cutting off the Medusa's head and showing it to the Kraken, and the Kraken turns to stone. Argos, you know, gets to stay as its own retail outlet. So, yeah, that's nice basically... The... Saved a lot of jobs in this current climate. That's needed. That's right. No, no, no offence. <laughs> I think, yeah. 
<laughs> I think Argos is going under. Right. The reason why you just said no offense is because let's address let's address yeah. the elephant in the room. I um I've just been made redundant mm. from the job that we both well, one of us now, works in. So that's how we know each other, through work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're the first time I've ever done a podcast remotely. Oh, nice. This is my first remote podcast. But, you know, it's the new normal. Yeah, with your dog shitting in the beach. I'm not on the that's right, yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they called me up. I've been furloughed for four months, and then they called me up. Sharon, I don't think it's anything wrong mentioning first names. And she basically said, can we have a call in a couple of days with HR? And I was like, right. So this is happening. I was just very aware, like whether whether you wanted it or not. No, I um, wanted it. I really oh, wanted right, it. Okay. So you're happy. You're happy then. I'm very happy. Yeah, that's good. You know when uh, when you're young and you get done by someone, you're like, well, I, I didn't want didn't want to go out with them anyway. But it this really is a case of I had decided that I was going to leave. Yeah. I even wrote something about it on the internet and, and put it up there, talking about how I'm my mind's made up that I'm going to leave. And then when I got made redundant, I added a little bit saying, just to conclude as an, an epilogue, I've just lost my job, which is fine. Yeah, fair enough. I can't, no, I can't go back. I was going through some photos the other day on my computer. Uh, there were some photos from the office, you know, me doing a workshop or me sitting at my desk. And it made me feel physically sick just to see them. So I think... Was, was that because you felt like you couldn't go back because of the time off? Or is it because you just didn't want to go back? The time off gave me clarity. I've never had so much space between my everyday working life and a period of reflection. And it wasn't just a period of reflection because I was on holiday. It was a proper, the world has stopped... Yeah, and and I, you don't really, you don't really have, you don't really have the same kind of money worries because you've got you're on furlough, so you've got the space to kind of, you know, think about other things. You've got the mental space to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If we want to get heavy, if we want to go into it, get heavy straight away. By the way, you're going to be the guest. I'm going to be talking to you, and I'm <laughs> just talking about me. But I went through like a kind of, I wouldn't say a breakdown is far too dramatic, but a kind of emotional epiphany where I felt so guilty and sad for doing something for so long that I didn't like. I've worked in offices for 19 years and I've hated it. That's all a product of my limited thinking. It's all a product of believing that I, I, I don't deserve to be happy. Life's meant to be a grind and all of those things. Mm. Is that because you've told yourself that? You've, t- you've told yourself that those 19 years are a grind when in reality maybe some of them weren't? Yeah, I would say some of them are. I can't, I can't say, oh, it was all awful, but I definitely was, I was mm. being totally incongruent with what I wanted to do for 19 years. And I think that in itself causes a, a massive amount of stress on your life. But saying that mm. today, mm. I got a book out of the bookshelf, The Elephant and the Twig by Jeff Thompson. All right, okay. In it, I found this Queen Mary University bookmark and I worked there for eight years and okay. that was a good time. I had a really good time working there. I, it's, okay. you know, okay. it's, I did so many jobs and stayed in the same places and just got treated like shit to an extent because you always do it in an office job. But just because I was like, I couldn't, I didn't bet on myself. I didn't trust myself to do something better. Yeah. See, I, I've only really had three jobs in my working life. Uh, I think we're similar, we're similar age, aren't you? You're like two months older than me or I'm two months older than younger than oh, you. Are I can't you 42 remember as well? Yeah. When's your birthday? June. Yeah, mine's May. So we're, li- we're, we're pretty much the same age. <laughs> you are older than me. 
yeah, yeah. by a month. Yeah. Old man. So, right, so yeah. I was I was at the, I was at the BBC for ten years, and then after that, I was at Amazon for like seven. Yes, you said with the old Jeff Galatia. We'll have to talk about the Jeff Jeff Galatia. It's just yeah, Jeff yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah, so the BBC was fine. I loved the BBC, and Amazon for the first four years was really good. And I worked. I started off at Love Film, which was like that by post kind of DVD rental yeah. company. Yeah, I remember. They were, they were, it, it was quite a big jump between the BBC and there because the BBC is quite massive and corporate, yeah. although it, it kind of isn't, but it is. Um, and then Love Film was kind of was quite niche and quite small. So it took me a while to kind of settle there. And then Amazon bought Love Film out and I moved from Love Film to Amazon, changed my role slightly. And then I met Katie and so I'd, I'd been there a year I met so that's, your, that's two, your now wife, yeah? My wife, yeah. Met her in 2012. And for that, for that whole year, I'd been working like three o'clock in the afternoon till 12 midnight every day, three weeks on that time, and then a week where you would do a normal day. Were you, day's were you week. meant to be working that much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, um, it was like monitoring all of their ser- the love film services, basically. And then Amazon started off really well. And then after about four, three, four years or so, I was working for this guy and I really he my manager I really got on well with him and then he left and then I moved into another team and that's where I think things started to kind of unravel a little bit I've never really been a super ambitious person at work no um, me neither I probably am more in my non-working life exactly uh, we'll, we need to talk about this but yeah, yeah bang on but, yeah but not not so much when I'm at work like I kind of not that I not that I just go there and do my bit and come home again I, I'm invested in it but I just things started to go a little bit south with them then and to the point where I pretty much I mean I probably did have a kind of version of a nervous breakdown really yeah started getting really bad anxiety it was around the same time that um, Esme came along which is like my first child in 2016 Uh, and then by the December I was like no this you know I need to get out of this really and that's when I applied for the job at got it and to be honest at people Do do you want me to bleep out I'll bleep out yeah okay at the new job <laughs> uh, yeah. i think some of the best people i've ever worked with i agree and 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 everyone kind of looks out for everybody else and i think and i really noticed that well my my version of events is i'm not here and i'm not going to slag people off on this podcast not that anyone's going to listen to it from there but my former boss i had a really rocky relationship with him which i basically realized without sounding over dramatic I was essentially being bullied at work, which is, you don't, as a man, you don't want to admit that. You're like, it ended up with us arguing a lot because I, you know, he would be like, bah, 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 and I'd, so I'd say stuff back. Um, and, but and that really dragged me down. And that was like a good 18 months, really, really dragged me down. And one of the direct, one of the managing directors I worked for was pretty shitty. He, one meeting we had, he ripped it out of me and it was a, big packed boardroom full of directors and uh, managers of sites and it was like a really senior thing and he went nuts like unacceptably nuts annoyingly I was in the right but you can't I can't argue you know you can't argue in that situation so you just have to eat that bowl of shit that you're given and anyway the long and the short of it was I was like fuck this fuck this place and fuck these people which is ironic because I would say that the majority of people there are absolutely fantastic but also I think construction firms come with their own level of shithead people get more bolshy it can be a bit more aggro 
Okay. Mm, mm. So here's a question for you. Do you find you get on better with a female boss or a male boss? Ooh. Because I know, I, know, I know that that's one of my, uh, it's definitely one of my issues. Well, I'd rather work for a female boss than a male boss. The last few bosses I had, the one at Queen Mary I had for eight years, and he, he was a bloke, and I got on with him fantastically. And the one in the private bank it was a bloke, and I, I get on fantastically with him, and I still see him. So I don't think I have a preference. If anything, probably a man, if anything. Yeah. But it just happened at this time, my boss... I didn't get, and he, in his defense, he was under a lot of pressure and he had somebody above him treating him like shit. And that rolls downhill. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was, and, and the team became very pressurized and toxic. Yeah. Like, you know, proper fucking, just fucking get it done, that kind of bullshit. When you don't want to work in an office, you're incongruent anyway with yourself. And then you're coming in and people are screaming and shouting. You're like, why am I taking this shit for no reason? I think the old Panny D, the pandemic, has, has sorted me right out, really. Panny D. Jesus. Mm. I, I heard someone call it the Panny D the other day, and I thought, that's fucking brilliant. I don't like shortening of words as a rule. Panny D. It's a bit sick. It was, I was listening to the radio earlier on, they were having an Elton John day or something, and the guy called him L. John. Oh, no. The fuck is that? L. J. Yeah. I know Brad Pitt calls Leonardo DiCaprio LDC, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's, I suppose that works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the old LDC. So, right, anyway, let's talk a little bit about something that you were talking about earlier. So one of the things I do is I make vlogs and stuff and videos. One of the vlogs I did right at the end was I talked quite openly about my dad's anxiety, depression, male role models, uh, male yeah. su- suicide... And you said, if you want to, you said you were up for talking about that. Yeah, yeah, sure. What's the what's the lowdown with you? Because I don't I don't know any of this. So yeah, I was born in like seventy eight, same as you, as we already covered. Um, yeah. My a mum vintage and dad, year. Yeah, vintage year. Mum and mum and dad were together probably for about two three years before they had me, and then they had my sister in eighty one, and then uh, they got divorced in I don't know eighty seven maybe. He was a miner, which is quite interesting because a lot of people don't really realise that in Kent there were mines as well. They thought like all of the miner strikes and all that lot were up north and Wales. But it was, you know, it was a big employment hub for people in Kent. And they'd been striking for for ages and ages and ages. And then he just decided that, you know, he had to go back to work to support his family, which is probably one of the the better things he did. Uh, But he used to get chase down the street as he was going for the bus and all this kind of stuff. He was a scab, yeah. Yeah. And then um, in 85, my mum got contacted by the Daily Mail and said, like, you know, we understand that you're a, a wife of a miner who's gone back to work. Would you like having, in, you know, be interviewed by us? And um, little did she know, it was anonymously, but little did she know that she was then on the front page of the Mail in, like, 1985 with this story. Right. And our house the next day got tarred. So they, they used to pay these kids to fill up bottle, milk bottles with tar in it and throw it at the house. And she thought it was to do, she thought it was to do with the mail, but it wasn't that. It was just basically their turn. But it was a, it was a very toxic atmosphere. And, and I was quite young and I, I wasn't really party to that so much. I mean, I knew that it happened, but I didn't really understand it until much later on. Anyway, uh, my dad had a, has always had an alcohol problem and he decided to 
<laughs> my gran, so my mum's mum, bought us a, bought us a new car. And my dad decided it was a good idea to sell the car and disappear to Italy for like three months on like some royal bender. Uh, wow. And then he c- came back to, to the house and he was like, right, you know, can I come back? And she's like, no, that's it, game over. And then he disappeared for five years. So no one knew where he was. And their formative years, that's when you're hitting your 12, 13 type of time. Yeah, yeah? so I was, it's really hazy because I, t- I talk about this with my counsellor. I don't really remember my childhood very well i don't really remember dates and times but i think i was probably like eight or nine when that happened and then we started seeing him again when he came back and i was probably like yeah 13 14 something like that difficult age yeah and and then that went through for you know a few years till i went to university i rang him from university i hadn't spoken to him for a while and uh i said oh how you doing and he's like oh who's this and i said it's john and he said i don't know a john put the phone down Oh. And uh, he he was he was he was definitely pissed because he was pissed most of the time. Yeah. Um, but from that point onwards, I was like, right, that's it. And since then, I've seen him probably two or three times. His mother and father's funeral, which were my grandparents, and maybe one other time, and that's it. And he doesn't know about the kids. He doesn't know that I'm married. He's met Katie once, but he doesn't know about the kids. Um, so when he hung up on you, did he know it was you and he didn't want to speak or was he just off his box? Off his box, probably. But yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, and most, of the, most of the time when me and my sister used to, because we'd go over there for weekends and stuff. And to us, it seemed like fun. We'd be like playing cards till like four o'clock in the morning or something while he was drinking Strongbow. And yes. then, and then yes. the next morning, and then the next morning, He'd be like, right, you, you know, your grand's coming over. We need to clear all this stuff up. So we'd be, you know, helping him clear ashtrays, clear strongbow bottles and cans out of the way before his mum turned up. And unfortunately, his mum was very blinded by him and his manipulative ways. And she felt a lot of guilt about some things that happened to him when he was younger. She just let him get away with anything and everything. And that was it. Yeah, that's that's interesting I, because the the video that I made was about how I don't have any male role models because I don't, I don't or I didn't when I was growing up, and my dad I didn't get along with at all for many many years, um, and he also was an alcoholic and died of alcoholism, mm. uh, and um, I don't know whether you've ever done this, but I I went to something called Adult Children of Alcoholics. And I mean, it's a bit different if your dad wasn't there. So I don't, I don't know whether it would be as relevant for you, but it's a group therapy session. And my, I went to therapy and then my therapist sent me to this thing. Yeah. And uh, it was incredible. Absolutely blew my mind because I had people sitting there telling the same stories that I had. I mean, like identical stories about their lives. And then they would sit there and tell them. And I would think, fucking hell, I thought this was, I thought nobody would understand like all the anger and bitterness I felt. And I've got, I've got this real thing about the truth, right? Yeah. This real thing about being believed in the truth and stuff, because one of the things is my dad would do stuff and then he would deny it ever happened because he didn't remember it happening. (laughs) And I remember confronting him about what I came back from university and I remember confronting him about stuff because I was like older and I was like, I'm not fucking putting up this anymore. And he he was like, you're lying. You're just making up lies. You're coming here and you're making up lies. And, and the thing is because it was only me, my mum, my sister and him, who saw this stuff, yeah. if my sister and my mum didn't remember it, and then it was like, it never happened. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I need to write down, it's called closure writing actually, I need to 
sit down and write about his alcoholism. But if I want to do that, I have to be a little bit, um, I either have to do it anonymously or I feel like I have to admit some stuff because otherwise I could paint a fucking terrible picture of him. And I don't want to do that because I do actually love him and everything. But fuck me, some unbelievably, you know, fucking terrible shit went down. Um, See, I've I've gone past that. I've gone past that point, really. Unfortunately, the anxiety stuff, a lot of it stems from stems from him and i think i've always had it it just hasn't really been at the at the forefront really yeah and so i i went i went through a phase of really trying to trying to build the relationship to you know there being no relationship whatsoever to getting so angry that i was you know five minutes from making a phone call to some gypsies and paying them five thousand pound to go and break his legs to i mean every range of emotion really and and now i'm just yeah, there's, there's some things have happened recently which have made me question whether or not I want to see him again. But I, I think it's not just about me now. It's about you know my wife. It's about our kids. Yeah, of course. And I can't subject them to that. But I, I don't think I'd even know if he was dead. Actually, I mean, is he still drinking? I, I think so. I mean, I haven't seen him for... from like the last time you spoke to him. He's still drinking. Yeah. Yeah, that was about. Five, six years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. I, weirdly enough, and interestingly enough, uh, I say weirdly, it's very obvious, actually. All of my, all of my girlfriends, up until I got married to my wife now, all came from broken homes of one sort or another, either products of divorce, my parents also divorced, uh, but they got divorced when I was uh, 20, or they had alcoholic parents. Every single one of them. So I'm like, ah, oh, because what happens is you start bonding over this, this fact, and 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 it's like you seek out the people who have the same kind of damage as you. There's a guilt involved in all of this because you feel guilty for talking about it in terms of damage or trauma. But one of the things that adult children or alcoholics taught me was you have to go. This fucks you up. You have to go. You yeah. have to. You have to. It's the steps of you have to be aware there's a problem. You then yeah. have to get to the point where you accept there's a problem and then you can deal with it. Up until about 30, something like that, I spent going, yeah, my childhood was fucking you know, nuts, but also I'm cool with it. And interestingly enough, I went to, and this might be to do with your anxiety as well, I went to a fatigue doctor because I went through a big period of illness in my 20s. Eventually, they didn't know what was up with all of the different problems and they said, you've got chronic fatigue syndrome. And I went to I went to a fatigue clinic in uh, the Royal Free Hospital, and the doctor she was called Doctor Murphy. She said to me, um, "How was your childhood?" And I was like, I was still at that point. Where I was like, "What the fuck?" And I was like, "Yeah, it was nuts, but don't worry about it. I'm all right about it." And she says, "Oh, I think that's one of the reasons why your immune system and everything's all over the place." And I was like, huh. "What are you talking? What are you talking about? No, it's not." And she because I have what? I have psoriasis, which is. Um immune deficiency it's an autoimmune yes and also and i've got an autoimmune inflammation problem right so Mm. and the reason why she said is she said what happens with normal people is they they have an adrenaline spike for whatever reason because of life you know but then you normally have a lull period which kind of equals it out yeah that's essentially what life is bit of stress bit of calm bit of stress bit of calm it's not exact symmetrical graph but that's generally what happens if when you're growing up you go through a prolonged period of stress and a prolonged period of being over adrenalized for example there was loads of fucking arguments and fights and shit in my house so i'm going through stress all the time this is what she said i'm going to stress all the time 
and it went, it's not really coming back down. It's dipping back down to a normal level for a tiny bit, and then it's shooting back up again. Yeah, so you, you're, you're starting on a higher baseline every time. So, yeah, you're just riding adrenaline, and you're over-adrenaline. And there's a thing called the lightning process, which is about chronic fatigue syndrome, which basically says chronic fatigue syndrome is caused by being over-adrenalized. Look, I'm 42 now, so I'm completely different. But I had an OCD. I did self-harm. I'm getting, this is fucking heavy now. I had uh, loads of panic attacks. I had, and I've had anxiety for years, one way or another that I've dealt with. I never had depression, but I don't think my mind does that. But anyway, those things, as you, as you grow up, they stick with you. And you have, you have to work out the trauma and undo that ball in your, of thoughts in your head and smooth it out. Otherwise the trauma just stays with you and it, fucks you up you it's like it's like you're permanently on the wrong path you're permanently at odds yeah. with yourself yeah and i think i think i'm probably just starting to come out of that part i'd probably say because i started a course on a like introduction to counseling and i really enjoyed it and but then it started opening up things that uh, i probably should have talked about a long time ago and then that's when i started actually having counseling so that's been a kind of process for about four years probably Counselling is amazing. Are you, are you finding it good? Yeah, I think every I think everyone should do it. I wish oh, I wish I, I wish my mum would do it. She won't, but I wish she would because I think it would help her. Oh, I've got several family members who I wish would do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I have it uh, probably once every three weeks or so, something like that. No, that's great. That's great. Yeah. 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 What I've said about therapy before is it's like trauma. Something happens to you in your life. And then you think to yourself, oh, I'm fine about that. It didn't, that didn't affect me at all. And it slowly seeps into you and it starts, it starts damaging you slowly, but surely. And therapy is like a reverse trauma. You have therapy and for a long period of time, you're like, well, I just sit in a room and talk for a bit and it's fine. And then slowly over the course of a year or two or three, that seeps into you. And it kind of is the antidote to the trauma that you had before. Yeah, it's yeah. nothing nothing's immediate it take all takes a, a while but it, it's it's incredible if i could gift anybody anything if i had the money i would be like here's five thousand pounds and 18 months of therapy yeah 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 right. your mental health um first aider first aider mental health i was gonna say mental health advocate but yeah yeah. So you've, if you have you you don't need to tell you don't need to tell me anything more than a yes or a no but you've had people come to you haven't you yeah at work yeah uh, at work and outside of work, yeah. No, oh, wicked. Yeah, and it's good because you uh, you can empathise with people a lot better when you feel it yourself, and also it really does. It actually helps you know when you see someone feeling similar or or worse. Yeah, it it helps you understand yourself a little bit better, which is good. Yeah. Well, as they, as one of the things they say, if you want to learn how to do things, uh, teach. Yeah, that's why I'm very open about it because. I think uh, I found in the past where I haven't said, like when I, was at, when I was at Amazon, for instance, I mean, I think it was pretty obvious to people, but I don't think everyone kind of understood what was going on. And so people, you get people who start guessing what the problem is, and that yeah. actually can be worse. Well, because then it becomes a stigma. There's something yeah. wrong with this bloke, but we don't know what it is. Yeah, so yeah, that's, why I've always, that's why I've always talked about it in times when I'm feeling not so great and times when I'm feeling fine. I think yeah. it's important. But that's not for everyone, obviously. But Well, I have got, I've got, I was saying this to my wife the other day, I've got to the point now where I'm so open about it because I'm such an advocate of talking about stuff 
I, I saw this guy once called Chris Paradox. He was he's like a motivational speaker. He had it's a nice, breakdown. It's not his real surname, is it? <laughs> I, I doubt it. Yeah. Chris Paradox. Yeah, exactly. It's more sounds like, beca- a, sounds like a wrestler. Well, he was he's like a beat poet. He kind of like he's got a really interesting story. He uh, this was back in this was back like about twenty years ago. He was working in an advertising company and he was a CEO and he was earning 70,000 pound a year, but about 20 years ago, driving a fucking nice car, living with his wife. And he just was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And he had a breakdown and he abandoned everything and went and lived in a park. And, okay. uh, and, and he said, he said it was amazing. He would wake up every morning to like a Disney film because he had like, you know, squirrels running around and the birds singing. He, he started selling the big issue he just kind of got rid of everything that wasn't him and he started writing down this poetry and performing it on stage and he built his life up from there and he realised that he was living a life completely incongruent to who he was and it, his mind kind of snapped and went, no, I'm not doing this anymore. And I think yeah. he was I think he was about 40. Oh, and fuck. It, I know. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I think we're both on the same path. There's no such thing as a midlife crisis. There's oh. just a midlife awakening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, this Chris Paradox guy said, we carry around shame with us for so many years. Yeah. Um, and, and shame will actually kill people. And that is, they- that is the major topic that's come up with my counsellor recently, is that that's what I feel quite a lot of the time, is that. And, and that's the thing with him, with the counsellor, is sometimes we're kind of like, go, go through all these different kind of conversations. And then when he hits something, I can feel it really in my stomach, like mm. like a kind of either a knot in my stomach or kind of like a release something something's happening something's changing and that's when i always know and i said we have this kind of have this uh i said to him oh you know that thing's happening again he's like yeah well (laughs) we obviously stumbled on something that's important yeah um yeah that's good intuition that's good lots of lots of people can't feel that i had a mindset coach right i paid for a mindset coach we talked a lot about about anxiety and he got me to sit there and feel where the anxiety was in my body. And it was just, this was all the exercise was. He says, just feel where it is. And he sat there with me for about half an hour, 40 minutes. And he was like, feel it. Now what's it doing? And all that. And I really focused on the body. It started expanding, right? It was amazing. This, this tight feeling in my chest, it started expanding. It went down my arms and legs. My arms and legs were vibrating like fuck. And, and he, he, he said to me things like, what do you feel? And I was like, I just feel pure potential. I just feel like potential is bursting out of me. And he's like, that's, that's your energy. That's, what, that's your life force. That's the anxiety isn't, but everything you're feeling, you're converting that energy into something you can use. Yeah. And it was, nice. it, was, it was an incredible moment where I was like, oh, yeah. And he, he also taught me this amazing exercise about how anxiety is just it's not your enemy. It's actually there to help you. It's like a barking yeah. dog yeah. when the, when the, when the postman comes. Chimp, chimp paradox. It, but he was saying, when you feel anxiety, don't be like, Oh fuck, there's anxiety. It's my enemy. Yeah. It's actually going me and you are together as a team. And I'm trying to fucking protect you. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It, yeah. it's just sometimes you need to say to it, calm down. It's all right. Yeah. You can't, but you can't, you can't tell it to go away, which is what I used to do. You can't say, fuck off because actually that makes it worse because then you're internally fighting it you have to kind of ride it out and that's what then helps your body learn what that feeling is so that when it starts happening again you pick up on it a lot quicker and that's 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 what i'm happening that's happening with me at the moment yeah Mm. yeah the one of the reasons i got a mindset coach was because i used to feel physically sick before going into work 
If you look back on one of my vlogs, it's like vlog six or something about two years ago. I'm, I had like a panic attack, a very small panic attack, and I haven't had one in years, but I had one in the shower. And then it's me just talking to camera after I got out of the shower before going into work saying, I'm having a freak out about going into work. That's weird. That's exactly, I mean, exactly what happened to me with Amazon. I remember sitting in the bath at six o'clock in the morning. I like, I love a bath. I don't really do showers. And <laughs> yeah. I was sat there, sat there thinking, right, I need to get ready for work. And the next thing I know, I was like, Katie had come in. She's like, are you all right? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to work today. And that, that was, I remember that. It was June, June the 14th, 2016. Yeah. yeah. And you, it's just like, you can't almost explain why, but I, I mean, I went, but I, the only reason why I went was because I was so terrified that if I didn't go, I would have a full scale breakdown and let it in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and I've, I really started to get over that, but I used to feel because I was a project manager, I used to have a lot of, I say high level, but I used to have a lot of senior meetings and lead a lot of meetings and yeah. fuck me leading a lot of leading a lot of meetings in an office when that is not the thing you want to do and you right. and every time you do it your body, your, your whole brain is going this is bullshit this is bullshit i felt like i was living a lie it's like i said i said to my wife i feel like i um i've come out of the office closet and gone hey yeah. guys i'm not an office person do you know what well, i mean i mean that's what was happening with me at amazon really i was going to these meetings and uh, i was working for uh, prime video and my job was to look at the state of playback on people's TVs and people's consoles and stuff. So, and uh, and I was I was sitting in this meeting, and it was they're, they're based in Seattle. So the meet <coughs> the meetings were always like you know half five, six o'clock at night till seven in London, with like Oof. loads of people around the table, Oof. and you ju you're just talking about a guy pressing play, and he can't see Downton Abbey within three hundred milliseconds. You know, really, is that really important? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was like, this, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Well, talk, talk about the, um, the Jeff Galatians or Jeff, I'm saying it wrong, was it? The uh, Jeff Galatians. Yeah, Jeff Escalations, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff yeah. I only really was on the um, tail end of one. So this is, this is when Jeff Bezos himself forwards an email with a question mark. Yeah, the question mark email, yeah. Yeah. yeah so so you will it will go to like your vp basically who's like you know four or five levels above your manager and then it will filter down and yeah basically it's just a question mark and then the the customer's email and you know everything everything <laughs> stops while you fix that you know everything nothing else is important nothing else is important that's yeah it. to be fair i've seen a couple and they are when you when you read the email that the person has sent They've obviously taken quite a, long, a lot of time to email him and it will normally touch on three or four different facets of whatever you're doing. So in a, in a way, kind of see what he's doing. Um, yeah, but just, you know, you don't, you don't really want to be on the tail end of one of those. Yeah. Well, he, I can imagine, I can imagine that just shit hits fan because wherever I've worked, if the CEOs ask for something, everything drops everything yeah. drops even even if it's um at the detriment of the business everything drops J just stuff like that whenever anybody senior asks something in a corporation it's like shit we've got to do it the one of the things i don't like about corporations which I've, I've always found weird is that they're like we're here for you we're here because we care about your mental health we're here because we care about how you're doing and we want our work our work workers to be happy and, and it's like no you don't the only thing you care about is profit the individual people may be, but as an institution, you're a profit machine 
everybody's a bottom line, everybody's a cost, and you just do, HR's only there to mitigate tribunals and all of that kind of thing. It's, they're just like a giant self-serving machine, but it's painted as if they're not. And everyone kind of lives this weird lie where it's like, you know you're lying, I know you're lying, you know that I know you're lying, but we're all just going to lie anybody. Anyway, it's a, yeah. it's, a, it's a weird environment to be in. I didn't like it. No. Yeah, I, I don't feel that at the job that I'm in now. But then I think also I've been in and worked at Amazon and I don't think it could have... I mean, I'm not saying it was all wrong. It was all rubbish. But towards the tail end, I don't think it could have... Anything could have got much worse than that. So that's why that's why i've noticed i've noticed that at work i'm you know presenting to people and stuff like that which is something that i used to hate yeah i now i now really really enjoy doing that well you're very well regarded at work because you feel like what you're doing is genuine yeah you you're like an authentic face whereas i don't think you get a lot of i think a lot of the work is based on people trying to basically not get their ass kicked by the people above them. Do you know what yeah. I mean? to quickly talk to you about your alter ego <laughs> oh yeah lofty yeah the dj okay so so i was living in south ealing at the time i was working for the bbc but i was really only really socializing with people at work like going to the bbc bar on a friday night and getting hammered and that was pretty much my social life most of the time and then um this clubbing website started up called don't stay in and i was like i think i was one of the first like thousand people that joined up to it or something and then what, what was it like a virtual well, it's before it was before facebook and the idea is is that promoters or the general public would put an event up and you'd have a profile on there and you'd say that you were attending that that event and then there were, they would call them, there were people who would take photos and anyone could take photos and they'd spot people, but give them a card and say, your photo is going to be on don'tstayin.com. So come and join up on that. Right. They did really well. I mean, they, uh, three of them, John, Dave and Tim, uh, John and Dave were brothers and Tim was kind of their mate and they lived in Southampton. I got to know them a little bit down there and then they kind of moved up to London they were featured in a Channel 4 documentary about clubbing in general and stuff like that. And it kind of like blew up. And in the end, they eventually sold Don't Stay Into Mixmag. Nice. So yeah. And I think they did pretty well out of it. So, but most of my London friends were from, from that website. So we'd go out and go clubbing or whatever and bump into random people and then just get to know people. And I've still got a massive group of people that I know from that kind of time oh that's cool one of them one of them sarah she was my um she was my best woman at my wedding ah so you didn't have a best man you had a best woman i had a best woman and a best man but it was it was kind of like i had two different lives like i had the the lofty djing life and then the the kind of like family life yeah but the djing the djing thing 
so I'd, I'd always kind of ever since university I'd always kind of been into it but nothing more than just like DJing in my in my room or whatever and then when this clubbing website started there were these two people Laura and Gareth that had started a night in Tooting and they were looking for DJs and so I recorded like a demo CD and sent it to them and I then became their resident DJ along with uh, two or three other people at the White House in Clapham. So in an actual club? Yeah and then because that got quite big I pretty much apart from I'm trying to think well apart from the end I think I pretty much DJed in every club in London so the end. I've been there. Is that Brixton? No, the end is in. The end was in Tottenham Court Road. Is it the end next to another big club? There's two big clubs next door to each other. Mm, no, the end was on its own. It's shut now. Oh, I've been to. I know I've been to but the end, but I've, I'm obviously. I've, I've DJed at like Ministry of Sound. I've DJed at the really the Cross, Pasha. I've DJed in Ibiza. Oh man, you are the you are the real deal then. I was for a while, yeah, and then we had a then we had a uh, a residency in a club in Southampton uh, for about two yeah. years, doing that every month. And why are you called why are you called lofty? Well, because because I'm quite t- well because I was tall. You are tall. You are a tall man. And uh, and also there was another guy that was DJing called John Russell, and I couldn't really call myself the same thing, so I just went with that. I like that. I've always said that you should be a brand of just one name. Yeah, but people, it's quite funny. There are people who, like Sarah, for instance, in fact, me calling her Sarah is a bit weird. Her name on Don't Stay In was Brownie. So everyone called her Brownie, and that's how I know her. And she does, she's, she very rarely calls me John. Even if I'm talking to the kids on FaceTime or something, they call me Lofty. They don't, Uncle Lofty. They don't call me John. Um, <laughs> Isn't that Yeah, it's very weird. Like, there's, there's, there's a whole group of people that, they know my name, but they don't call me that. And to hear them call me John is weird. It's really weird. Yeah, well, uh, I was deep into a, a message board for years called Drowned Sound. And my username on that was Mocha. Yeah. And then I started meeting people and I was just known as Mocha. Everyone's like, oh, it's Mocha. And, and, and you're like, and, and but you would also know people by their usernames. As yeah, well. yeah, and, yeah. And some people, some people have some really weird usernames, but that was just what you called them. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, there were the, there were these three girls, Karen, Pauline, and Carrie, and they were Silver Queen, Bronze Queen, and something else, and they were known collectively as the Queens. <laughs> yeah. So so like, you go out in a club in Brighton or something, and someone will go, "Oh, the Queen's coming out tonight." I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Yeah. yeah, very funny. Well, it's like um, at school. I the school I went to, the teachers referred to everybody by their surnames. Yeah. And so even now. Everyone just calls each other. Even my school friends all call each other by our surnames, just because it's it's all you know. Yeah, really weird. That's one of one of my one of my annoying facts that I love to tell Katie every now and again. I I know my register. Is is that weird? That's weird because I don't. Know I, know, I know I know right from the start to the end. For for. Want to give me a reel off? Yeah. Okay, go on then. Blown, Butler, Carpenter, Dees, Galvin, Griffin, Harris, Heath, Hornsey, Hughes, Lee, Marshall, Norman, Oliver, Ridley, Russell, Simsparks, Tilliard, Whitewood, Wild. Nice. Yeah, that's a small class. Yeah, there's about 28 of us, I think, something like that. Yeah. yeah, no A's. I know she's gonna be. She's gonna. She because we have like me and her have like a really random sense of humour, as I think you probably know anyway, and like. I'll just randomly break that out every now and again. And she's like, shut the fuck up. It's like a little song. Yeah. It sounds like, actually sounds like it needs a little beat towards it. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I might, I might auto, auto-tune my voice. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> exactly. Stick a beat on it. Put it online. Yeah. Um, but your, I would say, the things that you send me on WhatsApp on a regular basis are pure fucking filth. I've got a mate who sends me terrible, terrible filth, and um, you send me worse. Yes, it's, it's pretty it's bad. Appalling. You've got yeah. You're in the. <laughs> You're in the you're in my WhatsApp broadcast list called called True Filth. <laughs> True Filth, yeah. It, it, I mean, some of it was is just beyond terrible. Yeah. You sent me one the other day. I can't remember what it was. But I had to delete it. <laughs> it's just fucking. It's like I couldn't even have it on my phone. Couldn't exist. It was just appalling. Oh. It's stuff with like shits and anuses and stuff, which is the worst. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very funny stuff, but man alive. This is the one that I always get caught out with. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> and like, I'll send, I'll send that to my mate. So he's a is this guy from Essex, and he's he uses Cockney rhyming slang every now and again. Like <laughs> he said to me, not on this bit. He said it to me, I got, I got, I got sent that, and he says, as soon as I saw the guy diving into the hole, I knew that was going to happen. Yes, that's what it was. The guy, so you got me with that the other day. But luckily, I'm um, at, I'm not in an office anymore. Yeah, those were the those were the best when it was in an office. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a, a, my, my, mate, my mate, my mate. I've got a mate that works at Snapchat, and he has his WhatsApp on his desktop open all the time. And he's like, I think he's actually blocked me now. I'm <laughs> sending him stuff, and it would like auto play on his computer. <laughs> Hilarious. He works at Snapchat. Are they even going still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, their share, their share price is like 1p or something. But um, They fucking dropped the ball massively. I don't know really what happened to them. Well, what, what happened to them was they were really high, right? Yeah. They were like top of the game, everyone using them. And a few big companies tried to buy them out. But they thought, I know what we'll do. We'll be like Facebook and we'll plow on and create an empire. But what Facebook just did was... They copied the stories format, put it on Instagram, put it on Facebook, and then everyone was like, well, why use Snapchat anymore? They should have just sold. They got greedy. Mm, yeah. TikTok's the new thing, isn't it? I don't, I've never, I haven't played with that at all. It's addictive as fuck. Right? Oh, right, okay. it, it, I, hate, I hate it, and I'm like, it's shit. But it's just, you use the interface means you, it just flicks from one video to the other so quickly without you having to do anything. No load times or anything. And it's just like, it's that. like, here's 15 seconds of something. Here's 15 seconds of something. I watched about 25 minutes the other day just by accident. It's like taking Valium. You just fall into a fucking hole I, and come out again later. I watched, uh, I love watching outtakes of stuff, probably more than I do the actual programs. Yes, me and, too. And uh, there's, a, there's a Ricky Gervais video and it's it's like an hour of his outtakes, and there's some bits in there that are just unreal. It's just so funny. Did you see Afterlife, the second series? I haven't seen it all, but I've seen up to because there's the, what's his not Dennis Penis. You know who I mean though. Yes, what's, the therapist guy. Oh he's my the, god! He's in the pub with his mates, and his mates are saying that's that's the bit. That's the outtake. I, it's so good, isn't let it? Let me let me let me. Can I play it on here? Yeah, well, yeah. Fine. Oh, wait, let me find it. Because it's unreal. Because the actor who's doing the... Um, he used to be in Phone Shop, that actor. If you're oh, going right, to give okay. a Phone Shop. Right, this and is it. This is it. The nonce. Right, yeah, no, I've heard a lot about you two. He's not just the nonce, he's got loads of other nicknames, isn't he? Yeah, Fanny, Fanny Sastic, uh, Minjin Brackets, Slitter of Salt Salts. <laughs> the Growler, Prowler, yeah. Billy the Cunt, Apes. <laughs> <laughs> Flapjack. <laughs> 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 
Oh, it again. Maybe like oh, five times. Oh, dude, he's got loads of other nicknames, not just the nuns. Go on, pipe yeah. up. Uh, fantastic. Ninja bracket. Clear us all. <laughs> <laughs> Shit nuts. Billy the cunt. That's a good one. It's not just the nuns. You've got loads of nicknames, haven't you? Go on, pipe up. Yeah, fantastic. Ninja bracket. Clear us all. Sorts. <laughs> Shit for brains. Billy the cunt. AIDS. AIDS. Cock dodger. Cock smuggler. Cock sucker. Deep licker. Turkey spoon job. It's just so funny. The, the ones that get me the most is Billy the Cunt and AIDS. This is really AIDS. AIDS. Well, what, I, what I like about it is that, you know, it must be impossible in that situation to not laugh anyway. Oh, yeah. And, and, oh, and yeah. then and then you get like, be like, you know, to really get... Because that's what I've noticed with that, because I've watched this a few times. So if I'm ever having a shit day, I've watched that. It just cheers me right up. And um, what I really notice is that sometimes they have to do that. They have to do a scene like that about 10 or 15 times to kind of get the laughter out yeah, of them. Yeah, so it becomes not funny. And yeah. once, the, once the laughter's out of them, and then it's not funny, and then they can do it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, that But it's because he kept on coming up with new ones. Yeah, yeah. There's one yeah. Michael Michael Parkin bum. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably brilliant. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah. So the other the other thing you're doing is um I'm trying to plug your stuff here. So yeah, 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 sorry. Being, sorry, yeah. No, 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 sorry. You you do and I I wanted to do this, but I wanted to do it on Twitch. Is uh, reaction videos to songs you haven't seen before? Yeah. So, so how do you do that double screen thing? How do you do this? The oh, mate, that's, that's uh, so. You can do it two ways. One way is probably harder, but the quality is slightly better. And then there's a the second way. So the first way, which is what I've been doing up until the last couple that I've done recently, was I had a uh, my Canon 7D set up as my camera plugged into my laptop i've then got a screen capture recording on quicktime of the youtube video right and you edit in afterwards and then i go i basically just use iMovie and put the um the main video in and then you can do like picture in picture with the other with the other video yeah yeah but what i'm doing now is that i'm using a bit of software called obs right obs obs is free and it's the nuts for anything i mean i would sit for you for your vlog stuff i'd seriously think about using it because you can well, i've got final cut pro x so oh, well that would probably pisses over that so yeah use that yeah, but um yeah. with obs you can basically have different scenes you can kind of like have different bits appearing on the screen at the same time so what i'm doing there is is that i've got a webcam now capturing me my video and then i've got a screen capture of the youtube video in the corner but what the best bit about that is is that i don't have to it's all one take i don't have to then edit and put it together it's a finished product at the end yeah nice but yeah some of them have um like i started it probably about i don't know end of may beginning of june there's a couple of videos that have got like over a thousand views um i love it it's yeah. it, it's very beavers and butthead yeah the idea of watching uh, uh, music and commenting on it. Yeah. Uh, there's something s- so timeless about that format. Yeah. I love it. Well, Russell, guy that we know, he put me on to this guy that was doing reaction videos, uh, Jamal, Jamal or something his name is, and he's a really good. And then I thought, oh, well, you know, I'd like to give it a go. And I did it really because I wanted to understand how to do it technically, how to do that picture-in-picture thing and how to get <laughs> it all exactly set exactly the geeky angle I just took. Yeah. yeah. And then... Um, yeah, and then I just started getting, I started getting people subscribing, and then people leaving comments and stuff to do. Like, you should check out that Ginger Pisces reaction. Have you seen that? 
Fucking Ginger hell. Pisces. Yes. Yeah, so look for John Russell Reacts, which is the channel. And then Ginger, and she, it's spelled J-I-N-J-E-R. Oh, no, I saw it. I saw it, yes. Fucking hell. I saw that it, was, yeah. that, that was like, what the hell is going on? I don't think I saw all of it. Mm. Um, I, won't, I won't spoil it. There you go. Look, plug, it, plug in your stuff there. John, J-O-N. Yeah. Russell. Are you all right about using your real name online, considering you've got a corporate job? Yeah, I think the stuff that we've yeah we can you can get rid of that. But the stuff that we've talked about today, we probably have to be a bit careful of. Apart from that, don't worry. I'm good at cutting out anything that uh, could possibly yeah. be an issue at all. The rest, the rest of it, I'm okay with. The rest of it is common knowledge. I'm all right. With that. All right. Well, look, I will. I will look at that because I want to do it. But my idea was I wanted to be on Twitch yeah. and do it. Yeah, and like maybe have an evening, have a couple of drinks watch loads of videos and be like, what the fuck? The reason why I haven't done Twitch is because I've got my own kid, three stepkids, yeah. a wife, and it's yeah. just the time. I don't have the I time know, to do it. I know. It's really hard. I don't really know how I've done this today, but yeah, I have. So, Well, it seems to me like you you are creative like me, yeah. and you like doing these things, videos and we, we could do and... We could do one together. Why not? Because like, I'm, I'm, pr- I'm, I'm pretty sure I'd basically just... Do a screen capture of us now. Mm, it's it's about it's about sharing the YouTube video. That's the thing because we need to be watching it at the same time. Maybe that may I'd have to think Maybe about how to do that. But I think it, now, I think yeah. it could work. Yeah. Or or in a post COVID world, I could come round. Yeah. Or you could come around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Buy myself round to your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I could stay for two weeks in your house. Yeah. And you could look after me and yeah. Yeah, nice. Great. Yeah. No, no, I think that'd be good. It'd be good fun. All right, mate. Yeah, well, look, this has been this has been great. It's been uh, the first half was a little bit heavy, but um, it's good to talk about these things. Yes, it is. But um, cheers for taking the time. Anything you want to plug before you go? I mean, I haven't got any listeners, so don't worry. Really? Oh, I thought you had. I thought you have. You have got a few. I don't know. You can't tell because it's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. You don't know who's listening. Oh, to right, what. Let's have a look. There's a thing called the podcast app. I'm pretty sure I looked on there the other day. Really? The podcast app? Early, late review show. It says... Fuck all. It says less than 50. <laughs> that, that's fair enough. Less than 50. Is fair. That less than 50 is... Mate... I'll, t- I I'll do, take that. That's good. Well, that could mean anything, though, couldn't it? That could mean zero. It could. What's the podcast app? The, it's just called podcast app. Is it a, it's like a blue... Because they might be taking... They might not be taking stats from SoundCloud, and they might not be taking stats from Spotify. No. And and SoundCloud gets plays and Spotify, you don't know. Yeah. But I could probably find out and look. I, I don't think, I think less than 50 is a fair assessment. But when you spread over 70, right, here's an app idea. Before we go, here's an app idea. Yeah. You want one app that takes stats from everything really simply and just goes, this is how many people have listened to your podcast. Yeah. If you can work it out, mm. I'll be the salesman. Yeah. You'll be the technical guy. Sounds good. Huh. There you go. Make it happen. Oh, make it, make it happen. Yeah, cheers, Jeff. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, mate. All right, nice. All right, we'll you. see you soon. I'll bye. let you know when it's online. Yeah, bye. Cool. All right, see you later. Bye, mate. Bye, bye, bye. 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 Everyone's watching. See what.